This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke here momentarily, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We had Donovan Mitchell on the show earlier today. Uh, You can get that in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. Simply search out The Big Show. But it was uh, great to have Donovan on, and uh, we'll talk a little basketball with David coming up. We will. It's always good talking with David. Is it? You don't think so? I do. I'm just on a good day. Just making a joke. <laughs> Whenever that joke always comes to mind for me for some reason. Whenever somebody says it's always, you know, it's always good to do blank. You know, uh-huh. it's always good to change your underwear every day. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just one of those snarky things. That when comes was, to when my was mind. the last time you did that? I don't know. May. <laughs> I'm trying to think of why you would have done that, but or wouldn't have done that. Whatever. Does it really need to be done every day? Uh, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Uh, Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at SmartRain.net. He is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Our friend David Locke. What's up, David? Hello, guys. How are you? We're good, buddy. How how are things in your realm? How's the, how are things in your universe? You're you're not an idle hands kind of guy. You've been keeping yourself busy. Yeah, I've been really busy. It's been crazy. I'm busy, and starting to rev up some NBA. We're getting we're crazy close. So, starting to try to mix in you know a few hours of prep every day and watch old games and old call imaginary games and try to get ready. So yeah, so you know, it's time. So, David, I want to start off uh, by uh, talking about something. I know you are a man who thinks about a lot of things in life beyond just basketball, and we'll get to the basketball, but we had Donovan Mitchell on our show earlier today, and he talked. We asked him some basketball questions, like I said, which we'll get to, but we also asked him about the uh, the what Stuart Adams uh, was videoed as saying earlier about how he needs uh, or Donovan Mitchell needs to be quote-unquote, educated about race issues in Utah. And uh, we asked Donovan about it, and he said that he did not want to take away from his emphasis on education today, but that he would address that at a future date. Your thought on Donovan Mitchell, the man, not just the player, but the man. I mean, that's just like, like he's doing the event for – the teachers through Clorox and he's absolutely right. Like he nailed that, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, he's so smart. I'm assuming he just nailed that. But if he, someone advised him, that was the perfect answer also for him and to understand how to deliver it. It's great. Like, you know, I mean, that's the answer. Like you're right. hundred percent. Your efforts today will get distracted by a really horrendous comment. So, um, fabulous job by Donovan on that. Donovan has, just always been that. You know, I've said this a number of times that, you know, when I used to see Donovan, I used to joke with him that he's taken a pay cut by being in the NBA because I, like, he's just got such a persona and he's, 
astute and he's that I really believe that he could be CEO of a major company. Like, you know, and I, you know, I joke with him, you know, wow, the guy, you know, CEO of Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs is making money for a lot longer and more than you are. Like why take such a pay cut to be in this league? Um, and I, I just think he's that capable. I think he's, um, he's just a really good person. That's the other thing. Like for all the stuff that like, he's got a lot of stuff going around him. He's got, stardom he's got pressure he's got major tv deals he's just i mean major shoe deals he's got like he's just got a lot of stuff and he's just you know what he's just a really good person at his core and then he's he's also you know understands his role and he's willing he's willing to take it like i think that's the thing that's most impressive to me about him it would have been very it's been very easy for him to say well, i'm just gonna do basketball now but he's never been that like i've got a bigger purpose and i've got a bigger role and he, i think he's gonna have a massive impact on society before he's done i his basketball will be wonderful, and it's a pleasure to enjoy to watch him perform at, at his peak and his competitiveness and zest for the game is, is truly wonderful. His impact outside of the game will, will dwarf what, anything he ever does on the floor. I, I feel that way about he and C.J. McCollum, Jalen Brown. There's a few of these guys who I think because of the social – this is – I mean, I'm getting a much longer answer, but – because of the social media world we live in and the influence that these guys are able to have and the people they're able to reach um, and puts them in a position to be the civil rights leaders of our modern era. You know, the church used to be, if you watched black history, the church was the place that was the megaphone. The megaphone is now social media for everyone. And so their megaphone of social justice and to change is is as powerful as Dr. Martin Luther King's was or Ralph Abernathy's was or anyone else, you know, Carmichael was in that era. And so in this modern era, that megaphone is social networking. And those three guys in particular have embraced that role, taken it strongly and have been willing to step out. Jalen Donovan, probably leaders, but I think CJ, I, I often don't mention him. He probably deserves to mention that. And I think the three of them, will will be incredibly prominent in society for the next decade. Gordon asked Donovan what he's working on in the offseason, and uh, he mentioned a few things, but he did uh, indicate that he's been working hard on his defense. By the way, I, I know you want to move to basketball. No, I, I, just the comments are awful. But I want to make sure I've got my flag on the ground and where I stand on this. Like, we don't need to educate people. We need to listen to people. We don't need to be condescendingly rude and act like someone's not smart who's perfectly well-educated and his education max matches yours in your life. It's a horrendous comment. Really, really. And if you don't see it as horrendous, you've you got to make sure you talk to some people and understand how it's heard. If you're listening, I'm not trying to preach, but I guess I am. But if you're listening right now and you heard that comment and you didn't think it's horrendous, then check, get outside of your social circle norm Talk to some people who might have heard it differently because it's a horrendous comment. Horrendous. Now we can talk basketball. I just did not want to move on and not have said my piece and have someone think in any way, shape, or form that I didn't think that. Fair enough. Uh, can Donovan get better at defense if he works at it? Yeah, he has to. I mean, it's really, really hard, right? I mean, he's got one of the highest usage rates in the league. He's... Um, it, you know, that's a real burden. Um, we just grow to expect these guys to be brilliant every night. That burden of being brilliant every night is, uh, particularly on the offensive end, is is huge. Um, but you know, and he had a he had a really bad defensive game against the Clippers in Game Six because they couldn't move. Um, so I, you know, but yeah, he's got to get. You know, if you're going to win a championship, then 
you know, he's going to he's gonna have to be better defensively. And, you know, that's what he was known for. Now, I don't know that he can go be a defensive stopper for, you know, 20 minutes, but it'd be nice if he could do it for three every now and then. And that's really all you're asking. Like, you know, if we're going to go play the Clippers, I'd like him to be able to guard Terrence Mann for a while. I know he torched us, but he's the least difficult guy to guard. And then in the final minutes, if he needs to mark up on someone, that'd be great. But, you know, if he's playing the Nuggets, I'd like him to be guarding P.J. Dozier for most of the night. And then if he needs to go at this point, assuming Jamal Murray's healthy, he needs to guard Jamal Murray for the final four. That's great. Let's do that. But I, it's not fair to ask him to, you know, to be that elite defensive player at all times. So I'm curious about the size issue when it comes to playing defense, David. Uh, he's what is he six one six two? He's got those long arms, but it well, can... he's, he's really six seven. But somebody like hit him on top of the head, and he never grew. <laughs> but, like seriously, uh, look at his feet and his arms. Like yeah. he is. He's like six seven. He just never grew. Like every other part, and he's not quite six seven. He's really like. But I mean, so he is small. Like. He is small, and that's a problem, but he does. He's got incredible length and strength, and, like, I, you know, he really does. Like, his feet are huge for his size. So he does have, like, all the attributes of a guy who should be 6'4 or 6'5, but someone, like, played whack-a-mole on him along the way, and he didn't get to go for the extra three inches. <laughs> so, so you said he can't guard everyone all over the place, but what what is a realistic expectation for what he might be able to do when 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 it comes time for him to do something spectacular at the defensive end? Yeah, I don't. You know, it's a great. You know, these guys are so good. Like, so he. You know, when we're in the NBA Finals against Kevin Durant or Giannis, he's not going to be able to do much, right? Like, that's not. He's not going to handle. He can't do anything with those guys, right? They're seven one and seven one. So. You know, what is reasonable is that can he handle Drew Holiday? I don't know. Drew Holiday's like six three, six four and really strong. But so that you know, that that would be the answer is can he some you know can he somehow handle, you know, Drew Holiday? I don't know who Mike Conley's now guarding, so then does he have to, you know, guard Chris Middleton or you know, I don't I don't know. But you know, the size issue of the jazz guard line is very difficult defensively for any versatility. David, I'm curious your thoughts on the Ben Simmons saga. Gordon and I have been following it closely, uh, even the recent developments over the past couple of weeks where essentially his camp is saying that they're willing to hold out and uh, he doesn't seem to care about his trade value, whereas Daryl Morey is trying to do what he did with James Harden and that's kind of hold and sit and keep him on ice until he absolutely has to do something. How, do, how does this play out and how soon? So the first thing I would say is Rich Paul – and Ben Simmons have handled this like as well as I've ever I've seen a player. Whether you know, like I'll play for twenty nine teams. Like Doc Rivers threw him under the bus. I've never seen anything like what that. I mean, actually, you guys asked me who had the worst off season. Do you remember that? Like a yeah. while back. Uh-huh. And my answer was Philadelphia had the worst closing post game press conference of any team I've ever seen in the history of the game. So to me, they had the worst off season. I might be right. Um, ironically enough, here's the crazy thing. And there's so many angles in this. It's great. Like if I was talk show host, I'd be talking about it every day. Um, you know, if Ben Simmons doesn't play and holds out, they're going to be like on a 55 game win pace. Because the fact is that Joel Embiid without Ben Simmons is better. And Ben Simmons without Joel Embiid is better. Um, so that's the first part. Second part, if I was a team in a league, maybe not us. And I'm not sure how many other teams I would say not us. Because ours is you have to trade Rudy, and I don't want. To, I wouldn't want to trade Rudy. Um, I like would give up the world for Ben Simmons. 
he's fabulous. Like, he's an all-NBA player, all-NBA defensive player. He's fabulous. Fine, there's no jump shot. I got it. He's fabulous. He's six foot ten, and he can get anywhere he wants to go at any moment in time with the ball in his hands. There's not another player in the league that can do that. He's incredible. He was treated badly. He clearly went through a mental, like, whatever you want to call it, during that last playoff series. Fine, help him. Be supportive. But you're not going to get a talent like that very often. So, you're gonna, you know, has he got a bad rap because he supposedly doesn't work very hard in the offseason on his jump shot? Sure. Okay, so he's got a fear of failure. Work with him. But I think if I'm Minnesota, I need, I need to keep Carl Anthony Towns. You can have anything you want. You want Anthony Edwards? Have him. You want another draft pick with Anthony Edwards? Have it. I want Ben Simmons. He'd be incredible with Carl Anthony Towns. Like, Anthony Edwards is really good, former number one pick. Like, number one pick for number one pick. But I'll, I'll give up another pick to have Ben Simmons. The money's not great because Ben Simmons has been paid. There's some problems with that. And you have to like, fine, I gave up D'Angelo Russell and a pick. Fine. I want Ben Simmons if I'm most teams in this league. He's got some flaws. He's not a great pick and roll player because he can't shoot, so therefore you can switch everything fine. But he's also, he's 6'10". You put a 6'1 guy on, he kills him. What did he do to us that night? He annihilated us. And Joel Embiid was out. So you get a center that can lift, and you can go put Ben Simmons on your roster, you're going to win a lot of games. Is Minnesota where you think he ends up? Um, I mean, it's been I, – I mean, I looked at the betting lines on that today just kind of out of curiosity, and that's obviously at the top. Um, We've heard Portland, too. I don't know. I don't know if there's – if it's legitimate. I don't know what how like I don't know what the po- here's the problem is he's not quite a center but he's pretty close so like part of the deal like if you're going to acquire Ben Simmons is you almost have to trade your center and Philadelphia has no interest in a center like he does have a unique set of skills or lack of skills so that therefore you need some players to complement him and. Carl Anthony Towns is probably a perfect compliment, but like, what other fives are out there that can can pop? Because that those are generally that would be a pretty good start. I'm a little surprised on your uh, take on Ben Simmons, given your uh, you know shooting is the most important thing in the game right now, and he doesn't. Right, I mean, you get to the rim and shoot sixty five percent. I think you're pretty good. But you don't have to guard him down the stretch. I mean, I I don't know. Feels. I, I'm just surprised because if I, I would think that like an analytic guy wouldn't be wild about Ben Simmons. Yeah, I just like really, really good basketball players. All right, he's really he's really good. What would you do about like the, really like what, really good? What do you do about the problem with the perimeter shooting? Dude? Um, I mean it's definitely a problem. Um. Yeah, the problem is you, find, you, you work with him, you, you support him, you love him, you care for him. It's a great time to get him, right? Nobody's been treated worse. Figure out what's going on. Like, what, what can we do for you? How do we help you? Uh, would be the answer. And, you know, but clearly he, he – I mean, clearly he's got a fear of failure, right? Okay, so that – from a mental issue, that overrode him in the playoffs. Is, you have to deal with it. That, that's the bug. A lot of players have that. It's just got really obvious when he, you know, when he wouldn't dunk and he wasn't shooting and – but there's a lot going on there too, right? Like I'm pretty certain that the lack of support he was feeling 
just became obvious to us in that press, those horrendous press conferences, like when he got thrown under the bus by Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers. But do you think that's the first time he felt that in that group? Or do you think maybe he felt that long before that? Good question. No, I'm sure it's not. It, it, it was It was not his introduction to it, I'm sure. Right. So, I mean, he played like a guy who seemed like he was getting no support, right? But like, you, you didn't ever hear, like, you know, Brent Brown tried to do the best he could. Like, oh, let's have Ben take one a day. Like, I mean, they've all tried it. Like, certainly it's a real issue and a real problem. You just don't get talent like that very often. I'm not minimizing that there is an issue there. I just think he's incredible. And maybe you accept him for what he is. Like, Draymond Green can't shoot. Take him in his prime, and that's Ben Simmons in his prime, except for he's taller and more athletic and can do more. So this is a tricky thing to bring up, and I because I don't want to blame somebody who has been somehow mishandled. But do you think there might be some attitude issues that he needs to adjust uh, in order to facilitate a, a better fit? So I'd have to know who he I, – I don't know him at all. And so let's just go with a hypothetical for a second and say that you know, okay, so, you know, one of the rumors around him around the league for a while has been that, you know, he just only has his own people around him and that he, you know, doesn't put in the work and this and that. Okay, well, why? You know, maybe it's the same issue. He just doesn't, like, either he doesn't feel supported or he's got a fear of failure. Like, why? Let's let's find out the why. I mean, if I was a team and I could get that kind of talent, I'll find out the why. So what's going on? Like, why not? Like, okay, like you don't want to be embarrassed. Okay, well, let's stop embarrassing you in every press conference by talking about how we need you to take one three a game. Right? To some extent, when Brett Brown was doing that, trying to be helpful, you're embarrassing your player. Right? Shouldn't the answer to any question by any media member about Ben Simmons for the last three decades or last three years be, he's an all-NBA player. I'm pretty pleased with him. Well, I know Isn't that, that a lot better than I'd like him to take one three a game and put it out publicly so that then every single time he doesn't do it, he's clearly not following the coach's lead for some reason? Or he could follow the coach's lead. Right, but he's clearly not comfortable doing that, so why is that? Well, I don't know if he's not been supported enough is my conclusion. But maybe that's Yeah, I mean, I just think... He, I mean, they all have a like. There's a like. We all have our little bugaboos, right? There's like, so he's got a terrible, you know. Like, if he doesn't love the game, where he's just a bad dude. But I'm not sure I've totally heard that. I mean, I think there, you know, the 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 Doctor Phil outside thirty thousand feet analysis is a fear of failure. So you know, if I don't practice, I can't fail. If I don't take it, I can't fail. If I don't dunk it, I don't fail. Like, okay, like I'm too tired of being the spotlight on me for my failure, so I'm just not going to fail anymore by not trying, right? It's the reverse of like, dude, you don't try, you can't fail. Like, you know, I got it. Like, you know, but that's clearly, there's something of that sort going on. So support him. I love these kinds of conversations because (laughs) it's a coach's job, right? To do exactly what you just said. It's the player's job to accept instruction and to apply himself in a manner that is appropriate. So I I think, this is a pretty big scar on Doc, frankly. And maybe the fact that Chris Paul got to the finals was a pretty big scar on Doc, too. Well, David, thank you for dropping by, as always. We appreciate it. It's good to hear your voice. It reminds us basketball is right around the corner. It's coming. It's coming. 
less than a month now until preseason game number one. So it's awesome. David, bring that wow. same bring that same fire, man. We're looking forward to it. I, 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 I it's not you. The day I don't bring the fire, tap me on the shoulder. <laughs> Thanks, okay. David. See ya. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. I don't know of anybody who dis- could disagree with David more than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know, Gordon, the big reason I didn't make it to the NBA is because I wasn't supported enough. <laughs> I knew that. I mean, I, I'm looking at your face that whole time. And look, David's a really smart guy, and sure. he has his opinion, uh, and you have yours, which is diametrically opposed. <laughs> On yeah. that particular topic, yeah. You're polar opposites. We're, we're pretty far apart.